0: My life was horrible. I mean, my childhood was the worst you could ever imagine. A child growing up with a horrible, crazy, lunatic mother uh, in the worst neighborhoods of Far Rockaway, New York in the slums, surrounded by criminals and the worst element of society that you could imagine. In a shit box bungalow that was only made to live in the summertime, my father had us live there all year round because he was a cheapskate. That's why I live here. Everything my parents did, I'm the opposite. My mother used to beat the hell out of me as a kid for no reason. I never raised a hand on my kids. My father always wanted to be a cheapskate and live in dumps and save every little penny he could and sacrifice uh, decent living. I'm the opposite. My father worked, he was uh, actually like an engineer for the sanitation department of New York City. My mother worked for the welfare department. But she was seriously mentally ill. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I always knew I wanted to make a lot of money. You know, when I moved to Manhattan, I'd go and walk past the Plaza Hotel and see all the dignitaries and big shots, and I'd say, one day I'm going to stay there, the old one, you know, right by Central Park. Eventually, I made enough money to stay there. I said, this place is a dump. I really knew real estate when I got out of the Army and went to work for a guy that was already in real estate. And started working for him. That's how I really knew this is it. You know, this is what I like to do. Yeah. This is where there's a lot of opportunity. You don't need a lot of education. Uh, if you want to work hard, you really don't need a lot of money if you think smart. The first house I ever bought, I think I used my VA loan. And it was like a no money down deal yeah. because the VA had a program. Of course. But um, I remember, you know, saving money to, you know, back then I was buying, I bought like basically crack houses that nobody wanted you know, for like 20, 30 grand. So basically to put 20% down on something like that was only, you know, four to five, six grand. So I didn't need, I saved up some money, you know. And, um, you know, I bought the worst crap that nobody else wanted and Mm. fixed it up and made money and then took the profits from that or refinanced. Bought other stuff. The first deal I ever did, I think I paid somewhere around 27, five. It was actually a duplex. Really? There we go duplexes guys it was one one unit down and one unit up okay i literally the place was boarded up but the bums were living in it so i had to go over there and actually throw the bums out Hmm. and um you know and i fixed the place up it was an reo and um i it was like both units like three bedroom units Those units rented. Once you cleaned them up and, you know, I fixed everything up and it passed inspection, uh, those units rented even back then. We're talking around 19, late 80s, uh, maybe early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Those units were rented like 800 bucks a piece. That's a lot. So I took a piece of crap. And, you know, I used to buy, hey, whatever it took, I'd buy used carpeting, clean it up, I'd get i'd buy used materials from second hand places uh you know buy the cheapest stuff I could to make it work right and uh you know didn't spend that much fixing them up, but you know made them decent and safe and uh so I took a piece of garbage I paid twenty seven five for probably threw another maybe five seven six seven grand into the place and uh I hired guys off the street yeah. to help me in painting and all that crap and um and then, you know, so I'm into the place, say, for thirty-five grand, you know, based on $1,600 a month income, it's now worth $150,000 because now it was a decent-looking place. I had two contracts in the Housing Authority proving that I had the rent coming in. The tenants only had to pay nothing or 20, dollars bucks a month because they were low income. And I went to the bank, and I refinanced it and got a loan on it for probably hundred grand back then. That's incredible. There was a lot of opportunity where I was at the time in the bad, rough neighborhoods. So I I had stuff all over town. I had single families I'd buy, duplexes. The duplexes started becoming triplexes. I bought fourplexes. Then the guy that I was working for doing management, I also had him. Then me and him with his money and his credit, then I started doing bigger deals.
1: And is that how you were able to scale up? over how many years now has this been? 20,
0: Uh, almost 30 years, right? It's been about, uh, let's see, it's been about, uh, let's see if we take 30, it's been about
1: 25 years here. And you just continue doing that, taking one property to the next, to the next, to the next. When did you start getting into the apartment buildings and shopping centers
0: and really taking it up? Well, we started growing very, very large in the apartment business. And uh, that's pretty much all I ever did was apartments. And it was affordable housing, too, mostly. Then when I decided to move out of California in 04, because the market was really high in '04 yeah. in California. You got to know when it's time to sell. You don't want to miss the boat. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a market just like anything else. Yeah. Real estate's up, real estate's down. You got to buy when it's uh, down. You got to sell when it's up. Yeah. So we decided, plus I didn't want to, you know, stay in California and raise my family there. So I came to Florida. I found this area had a lot of growth in it in the middle of the state. Miami was too expensive. North Florida was too cheap. And this was just right, right in the middle. So we came here, we started doing more apartments. And then um, one of the kids in the family decided, the boys went into apartments like I did. But the girl in the family, she wanted to go to hotels management. So she went to school for that. And that got us in the hotel business. We bought a hotel. So she, while she went to school, she also ran a small hotel. So we grew in the hotel business. We found that to be very lucrative, fixing up beat-up hotels, yep. making them nice, and running them. And then um, a few, about five years ago, wasn't only uh, I decided that I wanted to limit the management because hotels are management intense. Apartments are, can be management intense, but retail is not. It's you don't have the potential to make a lot of money in retail unless you're a developer or if you can find one beat up and fix it up and rent it out you Mm can't but typically i wanted to slow down the management retail is no management you buy a retail shopping center you know the tenants are there running their business everything that goes on inside that business is their problem i'm just responsible maybe for the roof and the exterior you basically collect the rent from a business owner and that's the end of it you don't have to worry about nothing else and they don't typically don't move a lot if they're making money because that's their you know you know their livelihood So we started going more and more into retail, which we like. Yeah. So we're diversified. You know, yeah. I have never done office buildings. Okay. This is—I'm getting ready to do an office building, but it's going to be medical, because I'm afraid of office buildings with everybody working at home Yes, that's and what I uh, working off the computers. Right. And you know, and plus with offices, if you got a big tenant and they pull out, you're going to be stuck with a big empty space. Yeah. And I have no experience in offices. Right. Nor do I have any experience in industrial. Industrial's starting to get big too. You know, with the whole. Start building I more stuff warehouses here, warehouses. Um, you know, building stuff here, I think, is going to hopefully come back with today's politics and China and all that. We're going to start doing more building here and, and making things. Yeah. What happened though in 2008, 2009 when the market The dipped? market crashed. Yeah. And all the property I had was now at least 25 or 30% worth less than it was. Luckily, I wasn't over leveraged. And um, I was able to find, uh, I put a big package together of all my stuff. And luckily I sold uh, a package of everything, Texas, Florida. I just piled a whole apartment package together and some group came in and bought it at a price that wasn't the greatest price. I would have got more if I held on to it, but we still made enough profit to where I felt like, hey, I'm out of it. I can start fresh again and clean up on all the bargains that were out there. I had to sell off my stuff to be able to raise the capital to go out and buy all the hot deals that were out there because the market was crashing. Yeah. So what were some of your biggest challenges then over the last 25 years? Um, buying away from where you live. You know, when you have to travel a long way, I like to touch the real estate. I like to get my hands dirty. I like to feel it. You know, I like to deal with the problems easily. When things are far away, it's very hard to deal with. You don't want to hire management companies because... Then you're not in control of your own investment, and they can do things you don't want them to do. It's not their investment. They're not going to protect the investment like you are. So the biggest thing was, you know, not be so spread out because I didn't want to be no big, giant company. I was happy just being a good, strong family business, you know, with kids coming in and helping me and just all of us working together. So uh, spreading yourself too thin. Plus, you know, at times you can bite off more than you can chew. And I was watching that uh, whole Trump dynasty program on A&E. And you kind of see where he started biting off more than he could chew. And that's where he got into trouble. You know, buying, having three casinos in one little town. You know, casinos are very dangerous. I've had some opportunities to buy casinos, but casinos are very dangerous because uh, as soon as the economy goes down, people stop gambling. Right. So, you know, you got to be, you know... And what would be your advice to anyone watching who sees you in this position
1: and wants to follow in your footsteps?
0: You guys got to get out there and look for the deal. Find a deal that has some kind of potential where you can make it better. You can create value. You can get some sweat equity in it. It's called value add. Uh, You know, and and typically there's always going to be a place like that. You know, people die. People retire. Uh, there's always a house even you can fix up. Let me tell you another good uh, uh, thing that I, I did very well on. I did very well on student housing. Mm. You can go out and you can buy. Let's say you just buy a house. You buy a house, and let's say that house is a big house with four bedrooms in it. With students, you don't rent the whole place out. You rent it by the bed. Right. And that we did very well in because we went out and we bought a property. that had a lot of four-bedroom apartments in it and you can rent each bedroom out for about 500 bucks a month or more, 600 even. Now you took a place that you normally would rent out for 1000 bucks a month as a four-bedroom, but you rent it out individually as the bed, and they share the kitchen, they share the living room, and you get $2,000 a month. So if you're anywhere near a university, look for student housing. You can do it on a small level, too. And a lot of times, kids will get together and rent each bedroom. Right. But always make the parents guarantee the lease. So if they don't pay, you go back to the parent. Hey, your kid didn't pay their rent, you know. Uh, But student housing is good. Senior housing is great because with seniors, they never move. And they don't break anything. And they don't really use anything. It's pretty easy to run a senior building. There's a lot of different areas of real estate okay. that you can do really well in. How did you learn all of this? Did you have someone you kind of mentored? Just by doing people? it, experiencing yeah. it, you know, and finding that there's true value in something. Okay. So it's all trial and error that you just kind of figured Hopefully it out. Hopefully not to too work. many errors. Okay. But mostly, yeah, just doing it, you okay. know, getting out there, seeing a place that's beat up and, you know, and fixing it up. But, okay. you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to buy a place that needs too much work. Mm. You know, I try to stay away from major structural type work. You know, the foundation's gotta be good, roofs, okay, depends on the deal. Okay. But you know, basically I always just went in, put carpets in, paint into place, maybe work on windows, doors, you know, things like that. Yeah. I didn't get, I wasn't big into construction, I've never built anything in my life. Instead of being a builder, I called myself a rebuilder. I would take something that was already built, beat down, bring it back to its original condition, and and make it live yeah. again yeah
1: so what's important to you besides money and profit that you would say for you it's not even
0: it? the money it's yeah. you know it's what you do okay you know it's a sense of accomplishment when you can take a piece of crap and turn it around and turn it into a, a valuable asset yeah. it, it's rewarding plus actually I do get a lot of personal satisfaction uh, taking garbage fixing it up and giving it to a nice family that was maybe low-income or a senior person you know, working with the housing authorities and, yep. and federal subsidies, right?
1: <coughs> so, why were you? Why do you think you were successful? Then, when a lot of people want
0: to do this, a lot of people fail. What do you think set you apart? You know, to really be in the real estate, you got to live it, you got to breathe it, you got to eat it. You got to—it's got to be your life. Mm. I mean, you can do it on the side, but you're not going to do it on a big level on the side. But, you know, you got to totally throw yourself into the business Mm -hmm. and you got to be willing. You know, I used to stay up sometimes all night because I didn't have the money to hire nobody. I physically would paint apartments and stay up all night getting a place ready because I had an inspection the next day. You got to do You got to cross the line in life. If you really want to make it and you ain't got a bunch of money, you're not born rich. You gotta cross the line. You gotta go where nobody else wants to go. You gotta work the hours, nobody else wants the hours. You know, I neglected my kids when I was young, but I did it knowing that I was trying to benefit them for their future. So yeah, my kids may have missed out on, you know, Boy Scouts or, you know, some of the sports activities or whatever. And I feel bad about that, but in the long run it paid off because now, you know, they're set. Yeah. You know, and um you got to make decisions in life. If you really, really want to be wealthy, you gotta, you gotta go further than the average yeah. guy next to you. You gotta put in eighteen-hour days sometimes. Do you think your personality had something to do with it too? That
1: you, you're very straight to the point and you're very tough, in a sense that you know exactly what you
0: want. You know, when you grow up around really tough places, you know, where you're just trying to survive. Yeah. Literally, you you survive your life. You know, then it, it gives you a sense of, uh, of, 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 you know. I'll be honest with you. The army taught me that you can do anything, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you got an army behind you. But they taught me that, that, that you can get it done. Just get, you can get it done. You figure out a way, you get it done, and you push yourselves to those limits. You got to push yourself.
1: So, what do you think then is your end goal from all
0: of this? Retirement. Do you, I've done do it for ever, a long time. Do you ever think you're going to retire? Yes. Yeah. Really I'm not one of those guys who's going to live for uh, work forever. Yeah. It's, not, it's not me. I, I want to see what it's, they all say. Oh, you'll be bored. I want to see what it's like. <laughs> let me find out for myself because I can, I want to see what life is like, relaxing, taking it easy. Yeah. Traveling. I got one more child. That's uh, you know, he'll be gone in about five or six years, off to working for us or college. Yeah. And I want to. I want to retire and I want to take it easy and let my kids. If you need me, call me. You can, I, can live, I can work off a cell phone anywhere in the world. Yeah. I can probably do it right now, but my kids are in school. But I want to retire. I want to relax. I want to enjoy. I don't want to work my whole life and not ever see the benefit of it. Yeah. You know, I bought this place because it's the benefit of working your whole life. Yeah. Life is not, doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. The clock's ticking. Yeah. We all got so much time left here on this earth. Make the best of it. Make the most of it. So. Do you want them to give everything to your family?
1: Do you want them to run it for you?
0: They already 30 do. 30 they 30. already run all the, okay. you know, most of the kids and everybody uh, are already involved and in doing their own thing and running the business. So I'm already setting all that up. Now I just gotta maybe, you know, get it a little more organized to where uh, it's a strong portfolio. When you have a portfolio of a lot of different properties, you kind of gotta always juggle it and, and and you know, to make sure that you know you got some properties that are long term investments. You got short term investments. Uh, You got the ones in the middle, you know, every, every deal is different. So you're always readjusting your portfolio. You're buying, you're refinancing, you're repairing, you're selling. Yeah. What would you then say is the worst thing that someone can buy? If you have any advice for someone out
1: there. The worst thing is to overpay. Okay.
0: Because the worst thing in the world is you don't want to work for free. It's like I went out this week. The market is ridiculous. The prices make no sense right now in apartments. Basically, we sit down, we look at the numbers, and we say, wait a minute. We're going to invest millions of dollars in this deal, and we're not going to get no return or very little return. We're working for free. You don't want to do that. Okay. You, want to have, you want to make sure that there's some upside in that deal, whether it's on the sale, whether it's on the monthly income. You don't want to work for free. because Then you're not, then you just, you're not going nowhere. You're like, that, uh, you're like that hamster in the, in the wheel. Yeah. and you know, You're just constantly pedaling, but you're not going nowhere. You got to make sure there's a there's a plan. You got to have a plan. You got to have goals. Get out, go online, find a real estate agent. There's plenty of them out there. A real estate agent will work for free for you. They get paid by the seller. Get a real estate agent that's going to find you exactly what you need and what you want. Go online, look on the MLS. You know, go on all the websites there are. Find something in your area that you can afford. The most important thing is Get your credit right. Make sure you got good credit. Save up as much money as you can for down payment and for fix up. But your credit is more important than anything. Banks will loan you money to fix it up. They'll loan you the money to buy it and fix it up. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're taking the biggest risk. Typical deal. If you go out and buy an FHA deal today, you're only putting three percent down. That's three grand on every hundred grand. If you find a house for two hundred grand, you only need six grand. Or, you know, you find a fixer-upper, you know, and, and, and tell the bank, okay, I, I want to buy it, and I want I want you to loan me money on its value today. But then as you fix it up, they'll give you more money. Yeah. You know, there's different all types of loan programs. The most important thing is be friends with the bank. The bank is your friend. They're the ones with all the money. They make money on loaning you money. Mm-hmm. And that's how the whole machine works. Yeah.
1: What's your credit score?
0: It's... You know, honestly, I don't know what my credit score is now. I'm sure it's very good. But when you make it to a level that you deal with commercial banking, they may run a credit report on you just for the heck of it, but, they, you know, it's your assets. When you want to do big-time deals, you've got to show that you've got the money and the assets to support that deal. You know, so yeah. it's very important to have a good credit score. I think you should have at least a 750 is a really good credit score. Um I want talk to your, brother um, so credit is very important, you know, keeping no judgments against you, yeah, you know, and if you do have a bad credit report, fix it. you get on the phone and negotiate yourself. you can do credit repair yourself, yeah you'd be surprised, you know medical school loans, student loans, things like that. you can get on the phone and get a plan with that person to get it off your credit report, yeah. And then, you know, even people that were bankrupt, bankruptcies only last seven years. After seven years, they pretty much forgive you. All those short sales you were doing back then, yep. all those people are forgiven. Of course. And now they get to go out and get a second chance. Yeah. Uh, believe me, the banking world is very forgiving.
1: Yeah. And what do you think of the current real estate market right now
0: and where it's headed? Right now, I believe it's at a very, very height. Okay. It's, it's at a, a height. Um and, and things are going to come down. They're going to correct themselves. I don't think it's going to crash because the economy's good, but real estate is going to make a correction of about twenty percent, I believe. You think so? Everything that's like a hundred thousand a unit out here, it really needs to go back down about eighty. Do you think that's isolated just to Florida, or do you think it's over the? I think entire... it's everywhere. You I think, think it's, it's everywhere, everywhere it? is inflated right now. Okay. I'm starting to see the signals. I've been talking with bankers. Um, they there are people that over leverage. A lot of the new product, I think, is going to get hurt because they spent so much money on construction and they overprojected their rents. And they can't get all the rents they thought they were going to get because the same people that could pay you 1500 a month for an apartment, these people can go out and buy a house or a condo for that same 1500 a month. So a lot of them are going to run the ownership and then the rents are going to come down. And in this country, we always overdo everything. Yeah. If Walgreens works, what do we do? We build one in every corner. If uh, if we if, you know we 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 always overdo it, so it's a cycle. The cycle, yeah. it's ready. It's about the right time now. It's it's overdue for that ten-year cycle. Yeah. The last crash was in 2008. It's 2019. Things are really good, but they ain't gonna stay good forever. Yeah. So is your plan then to hold off right now
1: and then eventually retire and then if the market
0: goes down maybe? I'm always looking to buy a good deal if it's out there. I'm yeah. always looking to sell when the market's high. So I'm always doing everything because, you know, whatever I'm doing is going to help my kids when they want to yeah. take over completely. And maybe I'll be on Hawaii somewhere, <laughs> sitting, drinking why a Mai Tai. Why do you thai. need to be in
1: Hawaii when you're here? I mean, is that and any better? Day, I feel like a... A,
0: the weather, even here, is nice. But yeah. Hawaii, the water is beautiful. The weather is beautiful. And it's still in this country. Yeah, uh, I've spent time outside this country. It's nice to visit places. Okay, But... For a long-term stay, you know, Bahamas are all right, but Hawaii is probably the nicest place I've ever been. Yeah. When we bought the house, it pretty much cost me about 16. Be, you know, a lot of furniture was included and, you know, and I, my broker was generous with the discounted commission to me and whatever, but about 16 million bucks. Okay. As soon as I bought the house, uh, I had offers at 20 and 21. How? 21.5. How, how did you get such a good deal? How did this happen? Because terms, it's all about terms. When you do have money, yeah. the money gives you power. Because I don't answer to anybody. So that's why I'm able to compete with all the big shots in Chicago, New York, and all the REITs. Because they need all these approvals. They're, they're publicly traded. They have boards. I don't answer to anybody. So I can put my money where my mouth is. I can go to you and say, you know what, I'm going to buy your house. I'm not going to pay you what the other guy's going to pay you. But he may not close the deal. I'm going to give you money today, hard, non-refundable, so you know if I don't do that deal, you keep my deposit. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's pretty much works when, you're, when you don't have anybody to answer to, and you got the money to risk like that. Yeah. You know. Plus, I know the banks are going to back me up if I do a big deal. Sure. And if it's a small deal, I might not use a bank. I might use my own money, and then let the bank come in later and refinance. It. Right. What was some of the offers that you got afterwards? I had offers in excess of $5 million more than I paid for this really? place. Well, it's a very yeah. unique place. That's yeah. why. You know, but you got to be careful buying unique stuff. You don't want to buy a white elephant because sometimes nobody wants it. But this, this house was very unique. The guy who built it, he, he went over the top on the construction, the design, the location. It has everything, and it's probably, and it, for this area, it, it's it's over the top. Yeah. There's nothing to compare to it. So, you know, it was a good deal. Plus, I, the guy wasn't living here. And he needed to move the house. It's all about timing. Timing is very important in terms. If you give somebody good terms and good timing, you'll get that deal better than the other guy that's going to pay more money and drag it out for three or four months and subject to this and subject to appraisals and all that. I came in and said, I'm buying this house. Here's my money. And let's do the deal at this price. And I'll close it like that. Nice. That's how you get deals done. That's the only way for one single guy to get deals done. In a world full of investors and big companies and, and people like uh, BlackRock. Uh, yeah, BlackRock? Stone. Blackstone. Blackstone. Oh, Blackstone. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's the story. That was good.